Hello and welcome to Keep You Posted. My name is Hannah Trav. Uh, today is Sunday, May 31st, 2020. We're going to launch right into it. We have two uh, special guests returning to talk to us about what's going on in the news. Ms. Katanya Mosley and Satoyo, welcome back. Thanks Thank for you. being here. Thank you very Thanks much. Having us. Glad to be back. Yeah. And I'm just going to turn it over to you guys. Let's do it. And oh. thank you, Ross. This will be the one time I acknowledge the usefulness of a white man while I'm here today. <laughs> Happy to help. <laughs> you must do this. Yes, you must. You got to let them feel good at least once. At least for not, <laughs> just not one. the moment. It's very important for the psyche. It keeps them in there are good ones. They yeah, are good they ones. They are good ones. They are. <laughs> um, they are. Many of them Jewish. <laughs> many, um, many. <laughs> But yeah, it does. So yeah, so it's 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 been going down. Yeah, um, your president, like Charles Manson, is trying huh? to start a race war. You know, you know the thing about this is, and 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 for those of y'all listening, I'm, I assume that you know what's going on. Um, you know, we're in Philadelphia. Uh, I was present. You know, at the at the protests yesterday, Saturday, May the thirtieth. Um, I just want to say, I think if you continue to call Trump the president, you're being irresponsible. Uh, it's better just to call him Trump, Mr. Trump, if you do not feel like defaming him. Uh, but to call him the president is actually disrespectful if you actually claim to love this country. Um, I'm so interested in what you just said about language. Oh my God. And I do say your president. I really, I really like the phrase your president. Yep. So that's how I'll say it. I don't yep. claim this person as president. This person isn't presidential. This person is very irresponsible. And I do yep. get that we have to acknowledge that they hold the office. But yep. the importance of language is yep. what I just had to underscore about yep. what you said. We need I, to check it, our yep. fucking language. Excuse yep. me. <laughs> you, you can say Trump. You can say president. You don't got to put them together. You actually <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, so, you know, I was out there and all of that, and it was good for a while, and then all of a sudden, I just got a, you get a whiff of some people who did not seem to be there for the reasons that we were there, and then shit started to break, and then- but You described that you were there for an actual activist event, right? Yeah, where, like, people was, were talking about policy, it was a very organized and organizing sort of event for, like, how many hours? Gosh, for, like, six it felt like six hours. I got there a little late. So, but it was, but it had been going on like it, it was already in full force. You know, they had, I'd already missed a lot of the, the speech. I had already missed a lot of the symbolic kneeling and, and moments of silence. I'd missed that. So that was already going on. Six so nonviolent hours. Yeah, yeah. They did a few of those. They, they, you know, kneeled in solidarity, you know, a few more times, had the chance. And then people were listening to music, dancing doing the fuck the police, you know, getting on the air horn every now and again. And then, you know, uh, they shit started to go left after it was like, they were even defacing the Frank Rizzo statue and fuck Frank Rizzo. And, and, and that was fine. That was, that was expected. It wasn't even, no one was freaking out. The cops were not tripping over that. I think it's important that I say that they were not tripping over no Frank Rizzo statue. They wasn't, that, that wasn't where the smoke was. It's all of a sudden, I loop around, I see shit that is broken, that is outside, away, like just away from the actual protest itself. You know what I'm saying? I see, I see banks that have been broken that have nothing to do with what we're trying to do. You know what I'm okay. saying? And that's not, that's I gotta not stop you because I want you to, I don't know if you were planning to put the events in there and what drove you out to where you saw the burning, but to me, that's important in the sequence of events. That's like historical, what you yeah. described. 
Yeah, because I, because I, you know, you loop around, and because I wanted to, you know, we still got a social distance as best we can. Yeah. And then in looping around, keep in mind this, this, the damage that I'm seeing, that I saw was not even anywhere near where this protest was. So yeah. I looped around, and all of a sudden I see broken shit. And they're like, they broke. They can you believe what they did? They broke this. I'm like, who is they? That wasn't us. We was we over there. We 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 over there. I looped around so I didn't have to be in all that. And then you see uh, another bank, you know, across the street from there. Again, away from where the actual event is taking place, like that has the glass broken, and and it's and and it felt like. Yo, there are cats hanging out here that are way, way, way on the outskirts in all black doing some shit that has nothing to do with why we here. And then more shit just starts happening from there. More shit starts happening. Things start getting broken. Tear gas breaks out. Then you realize it's time to go. It's time to leave. As you leave, you see more stuff that's away from the protests, that is away from where the actual event about not only doing the short-term work, but coming up with plans to do the long-term work away from that. Then you see more of this shit being broken. Then as I'm walking, I see plants on the ground in the middle of the biggest main street in the city of Philadelphia for no reason. Again, away from the protest, away from where the actual act of, of, of initial action and follow-up action was taking place. Um, what struck me about when you told me that when when I heard you tell this story is the police escalation mm -hmm. and the police presence. Mm -hmm. And um, when I reflect on the story you tell, so correct me if I'm wrong, while you were at the protest, these things were happening with music, they were fine with the Rizzo statue, and then the police started blaring their sirens yes. at the crowd randomly. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, so while the party's going on, and that's what it actually became, because it became this thing like, they will not break us. We will, you know, like, we will endure and we will win this. And then music's playing and what, and then as it's going, just randomly loud ass sirens, loud, loud sirens. And then you hear cop cars going in directions to where you don't, you don't, initially you don't know where they're going, but you know, wherever they're going, they're going there very fast. Um, and it would just happen intermittently throughout songs throughout the event so it's keeping you in a heightened state it's keeping you on edge it's keeping you panicked you're not to be comfortable uh and then i think it's when they tried to burn the rizzo statue that the riot truck showed up that's when you see a riot truck off to if you're at the if you're on the park side of city hall it would be to uh to the to the right of that um you see that and then it's like okay the tension is getting a little thicker and then their sirens start to go off and their sirens a little louder. And then we play a Meek Mill song, Dreams and Nightmares. And when it hits the, one of the best parts of the song, the main beat, the loudest, the loudest pop of a siren I have ever heard goes off and you hear a cop car like zipping and it feels like it's coming towards you. And then you see everyone like fucking, like fucking mouse that have just had the lights turned on break out like this. And then they slowly start to come back together, but it's a very, very tense feeling because it got you doing this. You know, it puts you in this state where like this thing is just- Toy was beating on his chest right now, just for your audio listeners. <laughs> we can see you, they can see you, yeah. yeah. So, with, with, so with that happened, it got like to the point where it's like, yeah, something about to, 
something about to pop off because the behavior, it, it's a game of chicken. You know what I'm saying? So with each app, it's like, yo, like they're, they're not blinking. We not blinking. They not blinking. And the only difference is when they don't blink and we don't blink, they got guns. So like, yeah, I'm not going to blink, but I got a shoddy. I'm not going to blink, but I got pepper spray. I'm not going to blink, but I got tear gas. So you're going to blink. You will. Bl- Actually, I'm going to win this game. You're going to blink. I have all the tools I need to make you blink. You don't believe me? I'm tear gassing this whole area. You blinked. So here's, I got to jump in because, because again, the linguistic thing that you said is super duper important to me. Notice (laughs) what the conversation obviously should be about, which is police continuing to kill black people with impunity. We can keep it very simple. We don't have to make it historical. We don't have to make it about problem. If we just keep it on that, what's profound is that the conversation is now about damage to property being done by people. And we're not even certain that these people are part of the protest. Um, We just know that people are damaging property during these protests. We know a number of other things, and I can talk about those things, but there is a very peculiar but predictable linguistic violence being done during the movement right now. What is supposed to happen after such an organized movement is you take the principles of the movement out into your world, and that's what you talk about. But what's being done now is that instead of the principles, these very basic principles, we have a right to feel safe. We have a right to life. George Floyd had a right to his anonymity. George Floyd had the right to be as glorified or as flawed as he wanted to be within the letter of the law. But the law is flawed, right? So like we, there are so many things we could be talking about. And what we end up talking about again is this other extracurricular shit. I'm not angry at your story. Your story is powerful to me. And your story to me proves government action. And I get listeners that this is when I alienate some of you. So please watch the Netflix documentary, Who Killed Malcolm X? What Satoyo is describing is something that's there in history. And to me, it sounds like an orchestrated, not random series of events um, that you were put in a heightened state. You're a comedian. Mm-hmm. You know heightened states. You have a heightened tolerance for heightened states because of your craft, which demands that tolerance of you. And you felt it with the sirens. So just imagine what was happening to a crowd of people. We, we know so many things about human beings. We know about groupthink. We know about how human beings perform when they're under stress. We know about what happens when you add a heightened state to that. And we know that we're dealing with a freaking pandemic right now. So what you're describing to me is not good crowd management. It sounds more like deliberate crowd destruction. You describe a dispersal that actually drove you toward the crimes Mm -hmm. and the property destruction. Mm -hmm. And people in that heightened state, driven there by the people who look like the people who just killed the person that brought you out to the streets, people in that heightened state are more likely to engage in the act outs where we came here to put the energy here and you drove us over here and gave us something much more 
haircuts are to do, like kick a window in. And so there's that's oh, there's only that little bit that I'll talk about the riots because I think that there is a linguistic violence being done when we get caught up in the sensation. You were there. I empathize with you. Your story is important. Your your firsthand account was valuable last night when people got skeptical about provocateurs coming from out of town. But if people do their homework, there is a history of provocateurs being used. Black people having justice in this country is a threat to national security because our nation is built on injustice against black people. And there, and there's an understanding that that justice for black people will cause a significant disruption. White people are in privileged withdrawal right now, just laying low during the pandemic. Imagine doing that in a sweeping and permanent way where no Nobody feels special by virtue of their appearance. Like I, folks are not ready for that. That's a threat to national security. And yet we have to remember the historical context for this. And I don't need to go back too far. J. Edgar Hoover thought the Black Panther Party for self-defense was the greatest threat to national security in the United States. Mm-hmm. Never mind Russia. He thought it was a bunch of blacks in Oakland and Chicago. That's what he thought. Um, so you had COINTELPRO is a perfect example of agent provocateurs and the usage of agent provocateurs. The assassination of Malcolm X is riddled with agent provocateurs. The list goes on and on and on. Look at the election, for goodness sakes. Um, but I do think and you bring up a very, very interesting point because when situations like this happen, the damage is what gets, it, it's what gets brought up so much to deflect from the actual message. So here's what I think. So I get the message that your property, your public property is worth more, more than, than our the, human yeah, bodies. Exactly. And that's the issue. Just admit that you love these buildings more than you love our bodies, because guess what? We know you're not, you're actually not, you ain't saying shit to us that we don't already know. Just don't be, just stop being mad and stop being a coward when you are called on it. Stop being mad and stop being a coward when you're called on it. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm under no obligation to shed a tear for a bank that I know is insured in a building that they will not lease in two years anyway, that they will get out of in two years anyway and go to another location. I am under no obligation to feel moved by that. You can feel as moved as you want to, and you can feel as though that th- this is the, this is not the way to enact change and whatever else. And to that, I say to those people who say, this isn't how you do it. This isn't how you enact change. I don't think you remember, and I don't think you know how this fucking country was founded. And what that means to me is that the public school system in this country has failed you, or you were asleep the entire time. Um, because the, re- like the, the what I'm seeing when I, when I see things like this, then it forces us to sit there and say, that wasn't even us. You can't sit there and put all of that on us because what winds up happening is they not only sit there and say, well, look at that, you're destroying your communities, you're destroying our home, your homes. The people who destroyed that shit last night don't live there. That was the richest part of the goddamn city. Whether the, 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 even the provocateurs, they don't live there. They don't live in that part. You're talking about destroying communities. Don't be so goddamn disingenuous. Don't be, don't be a liar. It's not about us. It's not yeah. about us. It's about it's about these 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 things that you hold so dear because these buildings, these businesses. You have been taught, conditioned, trained, and believe are more important than whether or not we live or die. That's what you think, 
that's what you believe. And you may sit there and say, I don't believe that. But every time you make that excuse, that is all that I hear. And there's historical context for it because you ain't focusing in on the issue. You're focusing in on some broken glass. And that, that, that's taking a coward's way out. But I, I should expect that from cowards. Google detour spotting. Uh, it's a white anti-racist document. It comes up with some of the things that Satoyo and I are talking about. If you just Google those search terms, something like white anti-racist and detour spotting, you'll come up with a list of common behaviors that white people have when they're being challenged about racism. And I think that blaming the people when the policy is the problem is one of them. And if you don't find it in detour spotting, absolutely, if you are interested in justice and you want it all condensed in a way, this isn't a complete text, there are some things I would have liked to see in it, please check out How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram Kendi, that's spelled I-B-R-A-M, last name K-E-N-D-I, all in there for you all of it. We do not take the bait that says talk about these people and blame these people. We look at the policy. What policy is the problem here? So even if the people at the protests had anything to do with the property damage, we know that policy is causing those behaviors and we still have to fix the policy. So like whatever you're focused on when you're dealing with justice and anti-racism, you have to be asking yourself, what's the impact? What's the outcome? And if the impact of your engagement, if the impact of your Facebook sharing, like really, really think about it, is people are gonna think you're so cool and so down and so woke, skip it. Find a book to read. Yep. Google anti-racism. <laughs> Just freaking Google it. People are out there working hard to try to make things easy for you. Just Google anti-racism and get to studying. Because this stuff, this sensationalism, is that it benefits an unjust government to have us talking about property damage yeah. instead of having us talk about how many police officers need to be arrested, how many people did the wrong thing that day. It, it would benefit them for us to get bogged down in the facts. And, and the basic fact is we know we have a problem with our police department and it requires sweeping change. Yeah, and, and, and to, to, to piggyback off your point, there are a lot of, there are a good amount of white anti-racists that have been doing the work for decades that you can, that you can look into. Now, they don't get, they don't get the same type of credit because they're actively speaking out against the system that's like, why are you doing this? This is to benefit you. But you have that, you have your Jane Elliott, um, who's been doing for decades, you know, really, really going into spaces, going in, she's not going into black spaces and telling black people what they know. She oh. knows that's of no benefit to nothing. She Definitely don't way. try to teach us, please. Yeah, we are subject yeah. matter experts. <laughs> don't yeah, we, do yeah. it. Don't do it. And Jane Elliott knew that well enough in the 60s. She realized, I don't got to tell these people what they experienced, and I got to learn from these people and then go to my people and make them horribly uncomfortable with the reality of the situation. Also, Peg, uh, Peggy McIntosh, who wrote uh, Unpack the Invisible Knapsack, which brought up the theory of white privilege in the 80s. She's also done a lot of other work. These are, these are women in their late 70s, early 80s who've been doing the work for a long time. So 
you can refer to them and especially if you if, if the thought of hearing black voices that you may deem to be aggressive are too much for you then you can go back and, and talk to, yeah. to, to you know to these people but uh, especially with the with the issue of, of a Jane Elliott that I feel so important that that Kat, you have touched on is that she wasn't she she actively went to the source she didn't come to us she came to us to 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 learn to observe to sit be quiet and then went out into her community went out into her neighborhoods went out into her family and and honestly you know fucked their shit up made their shit uncomfortable and here's why it is respectable about that because as i've said before the, the things that we're experiencing and the things that we're saying are nothing new. A lot of us who are black have known this and felt this since we were teenagers or preteens. And if you had to do any type of real life work with white people, whether it be on a friendship level, a, a, a business level, interpersonal level, for what you have had to you have, you have had to recount these situations to them and sit there and say something is wrong. This isn't right. Do you not see this? Look at this, this, and this. How would you feel if something like this happened to you? And we have been met with apathy. We have been met yeah. with yeah. overreacting. We have been devil's advocacy. Devil's advocacy till we're blue in the face. I've been dealing with over over 20 years. And, and then now, finally, finally, some of you are waking up to the horrors of this. And guess what? That's cool. Also, guess what? We don't need to hear about it because no. we've been talking to you. In fact, some of us can't talk to you no more. Some of us have actually fallen out of love with you because we just can't take the shit no more from you. We don't want to be around you. So you've gotten better. That's tremendous. That's <laughs> tremendous. Don't go telling all the black people how, how much better you're, you are now. That's not, that's not for us. That's not for us. Go make your family uncomfortable. Go make your friends uncomfortable with this truth. Go terrorize them with this. Terrorize them with it the way that we are ter terrorized. Do it. It is the very, if, if you actually mean to make the changes that you say you mean to make, then that is the work that you must do so far as I'm concerned. Because Stop keeping injustice comfortable. Yes. Y'all like to make it comfortable for injustice to continue. Because y'all don't want to be uncomfortable at Thanksgiving. That is a coward's way mm -hmm. out. That is mm -hmm. a coward because you want to have a nice Christmas. Um, make them uncomfortable so you don't get presents. There you go. Let, let them see, let them see how deep challenge them see how deep their love actually goes you know your daddy a goddamn racist but you but you said you can no longer sit there and say i mean my dad's a bit of a racist but he's a good man and i love him yeah you love him because he fed you and he taught you things and all but how how decent is he really if he thinks this way you can no longer you can't you can't don't show us how good you are because we don't trust you no. and we, are not, we don't have to trust you we don't we don't i we don't i don't trust your words i trust your works and, and, and again, look, getting a, getting a pat on you, I know you may want a pat on the back from your black friend, your black friend tired. And in your black friend- That is free labor. You are engaging in the legacy of slavery when you come to your black friend for a pat on the motherfucking back during an injustice crisis. That is free labor that you are extracting from me. You want black approval because you know you're not doing your duty as an American citizen to go out here and make some justice so I can go to shopping, so I can walk down the street, so I can shop without being followed. Go out and shop without them checking my bag. I keep my hands visible to keep y'all comfortable <laughs> and to keep your guns not pointed at me. I live this whole life around this injustice. You coming to me for a pat on the back 
I don't care. I don't care what you do with all Facebook. Don't come to me. Even under the best circumstances, I am your professor and you are my student. And what do you do? You pay tuition to your professor. Don't come to me for no free pats on the back. Understand that that is theft of labor. I am doing enough coping in a highly triggering situation in our society, which keeps happening again and again and again. This is a signal that video, that cop was signaling to people that you can get you some black flesh. And it was also signaling to black people that you are some flesh that could be God. And we deal with that again and again and again. I got no pats for your back. I got nothing for you. I got. Why should why should we pat you on the back when your when your uncle trying to put his neck behind the? Or his oh, neck you know, I got a knee on my neck. I'm gonna pat you on the back. You know what I'm saying? Like like literally, it's like Malcolm X said, 50 years ago. That's not a chip on my shoulder. That's your foot on my neck. That's mm-hmm. it, you know. And, and again, and and uh, so I'm gonna use more. It, it, for, you know, what we perceive as inflammatory language. I hope most white people know this now. If you had to live a day in a black person's shoes and a black person's body, you wouldn't make it. Not you even for the rhythm. You, you Not even for the downness. You wouldn't leave the house. You wouldn't do it. Not even for the ability to say nigga. You wouldn't nope. do it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do, do, it. do it. You wouldn't. You do might it. text nigga to a few friends, but that's it. You I know you'll leave the house. Doing a mystical song, <laughs> course comes on. I know you do that. But but it's but this it's this actual this actual pain this actual like did you know that I didn't realize that I had anxiety until five years ago? I didn't know. I thought it was life. Yeah, I thought, I thought that, that was life. I thought that's just what, what that was. <laughs> I found out, I was like, I was like 29, 30. I'm like, oh, that's what that is? Oh, I just dealt with that. I, that same way I didn't know what shin splints were growing up. I was like, no, my shins hurt. I guess that's just- Check it, that thing you said about anxiety is profound. We seek psychotherapy in a nation that doesn't acknowledge the oppression of our people as trauma. So imagine filling out PTSD paperwork, anxiety paperwork, and the trauma that is documented to be done to people like you is not even on the checklist. Do you know, I've been in therapy off and on since I was a child. I've been super duper, my mom is interested in psych, super interested in mental health. And I was almost 40 years old before my therapist looked at me and said, I am hearing the impact of racial oppression on you. I'm sitting there doing what I've been trained to do, objectively reporting feelings and observations. I don't know why I feel this way. I'm good at labeling feelings. I am exemplary at it. So I'm sitting there labeling all these feelings objectively, and he reflected back to me the obvious. I had been living in a world, even in my quest to find myself, which was making the obvious obscure. And, and what we're deluding me with complication when there is no complication. This is injustice. I am sane. I am whole, but I am subject to trauma on a regular basis. And imagine, and so imagine for the for the white viewers who choose to care. Imagine hearing all that, right? Imagine how eloquently that was stated. Okay. Imagine the, the, the conciseness, the, the the cleanliness of it. Okay. That's. I mean, I, I I reckon to say that's probably most Black Americans in this country. And the reality of it is we don't have, not everybody got access to the means that I have. Not mm-hmm. everybody has access to the means that Kat has. Mm-hmm. Like we, what we're saying ain't new. This is, this is old hat. This is, so, so all these horrors are happening. All these atrocities are happening that we are actively dealing with and dealing with the trauma of 
when we don't even understand that that's trauma, bro. You don't even know that that's trauma. Mm-hmm. That's just life. That's mm-hmm. just shit that happens to you. Mm-hmm. And, and then you expect us not to be mad. You expect us not to be outraged. You're surprised when we don't give a fuck about your buildings. Like, that's just mm-hmm. like, really? You, you're that surprised? You're surprised when we are, when we mm-hmm. don't have patience for you. You're surprised mm-hmm. when we have a short temper, when we have a short fuse. How could we not? How, how, how we are not even entitled to the full range of emotion. Yeah. I don't even have to be angry. No, no. Being being angry gets you killed. This man, while 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 this man had his knee on Floyd's neck, he was still referring, "Please, sir, please, I can't breathe." Calling out for his mother. Uh, 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 you watch summary execution now for almost two decades. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. now and now some of you are moved. Good, mm-hmm. good. But mm-hmm. also shame on you for letting it take so long. Mm-hmm. And I'm allowed to say shame on you for letting it take so long. Mm-hmm. Because realistically, we are dying out here when we only make up 12% of the population. That makes mm-hmm. no sense. Mm-hmm. That makes no absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. And there feel is- ashamed. Yeah. And Shawshank your way through that shame. Shawshank your way out of it. You crawl out of that sewer. Andy wasn't the Andy Dufresne did it. You can get out of your shame and into some action. Take you a shower. Yep. yep. Crawl while you crawl. It's good. For you. <laughs> yeah. It builds, it builds yep. character. It'll make you strong crawl again. Crawl on out of there. It'll, it'll make because the because the reality. If you the brand of human that you were, if you want actual, if you want actual growth and progress, and if you want oneness and togetherness or anything approaching that, the brand of human that you were has got to go. Yeah, got to go, and it has to grow into something else. If you actually want it, if you don't, please proceed as you were. I would expect nothing less. But if you actually want to be more, the thing that you were got to die, and it's and it's got it's going to have mm-hmm. to die awful, awful, mm-hmm. awful, awful death. A horrible death. Because here's what you have to understand: what you are doing right now is minstrelsy of a genuine struggle. You are reciting the principles of the struggle without any of the pain behind them. You are jazz handing the struggle. You are jazz handing justice. And you have to do more than that. Another thing, a human principle that's less poetic, that's just based in research, is you will not make a change unless there are consequences for the existing behavior. People don't necessarily do things because they are the right thing to do. Like that's not exactly how the brain works. It takes a very resilient person merely to do things because they are right. It is much more helpful to imagine some consequence or to experience some consequence. What Satoyo and I are talking about is a life where we live less free, a life where we live worrying about y'all. That's not the right life, but the consequence of living the right life is worse living less free in our current lives. So there's that. And also you liberals doing this decency garbage that you're doing, nobody cares about decency. This is a capitalist society. People need to suffer losses when they are indecent. And I, unlike the, the, The dude in office, unlike that dude, I'm not necessarily calling for violence, but I will direct you back to your history. I don't like history. I don't particularly like European history, but they love calling things revolutions. 
there were revolutions all over the place. Our movements don't get framed that way. And sometimes in a revolution, burning happens, fire happens, but it's actually dangerous for the people who most need to use the word to say it. We can't, I believe that if I write revolution on Facebook, I'm going to draw government attention to me. You can't look like this and use the very words that you need to use. And then even when you're not using those words, there is government interference to stop you from using the very helpful and productive words that you could while you have the news coverage, because now everybody wants to hear about the rights. So here's what I'm saying. Let's just assume we did that shit. It's part of a revolution. These are consequences. And it's likely that what TD Bank will do is just get more security. You good people listening to the podcast have to demand more. You need to find ways, find the policy that you have access to and demand more just policy because you have to create consequences. You have to go, like Satoyo said, go home and make those people uncomfortable. We know, you admit it, you go home and you put up with the racist shit that people say and do. And you're probably doing it with your friends. You're probably hanging out with your black friends and ignoring injustices that your black friends face. I know in comedy, you're doing lineups that have no black people on them. When some of the black people, some of the comedians that you admire most are black people but you're doing these shows, doing these lineups, crafting these lineups, so you're doing it. Assume that you're already doing it in your lives. So I want you to move about your life as though you're on a mission to make people call you a nigga lover, because that is a real phenomenon in history. That is yep. the actual rage that it gets stirred up when whiteness is threatened. And you know you're getting closer to justice when people in so many words, preferably those, call you nigger lover. You'll know you're there when you stir that rage because that's how tight whiteness is locked. It will suck people into it, including black people, to protect itself. It will get other identities involved in it to protect itself. You need to stir up that white rage and you need to present a picture that black people are winning because that's the best way to stir that right white rage. You need to make a beeline to the consequences that inspire action because this talking nice pursuing decency bullshit doesn't work. People have erected churches saying that it's about decency. <laughs> we know it doesn't work. Consequence fear of hell that works that works that's that's the reality you have all the and again i know that you know for for some you may think you know the, some of the language is a bit harsh <laughs> that we've come a bit strong on you now and it's fine it's, it's fine because sometimes you need strong language you you need this this is a thing that you need because the and also keep in mind and i, and I want and i do think it's important that i say this is that in between in spite of all this, with all of these things that are happening, I'm sorry, you still have black people out here innovating, creating, being yeah. hilarious. Being, being like, now is not the time for laughter. This is what we do. This is what we, this do. What we do during these times of, of, of atrocities, of tragedy. We're gonna make a joke. That's what I'm saying. I don't need to pat you on the back. Yeah. I'm busy rising. I'm busy rising. I'm busy rising and enduring from this shit. Okay, you, you, go, you go find yourself again. You go cry. I was telling you to get hit with that when I was fucking 12. You didn't want to listen. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so literally, black people are going to do what they do. You go, and honestly, like, not, and look, don't, look, 
I, I don't even care the reason that you if you if you do it because you want to be perceived to be a good person fine i just don't want to hear about your feelings about all, all about all of this on facebook mm. i don't want to hear i feel so saddened i am hurt i am shocked and appalled i we don't we don't listen these are the white feminists who know what this is this is white knighting this yeah. is knighting this is white knighting look you can use the same term yeah. we don't need your white motherfucking knights we want to be able to wear our own goddamn armor. Everybody got armor but us. Yeah, everybody got lit. Why everybody got a bulletproof vest except us? <laughs> we need them the most. I listen and I, look. I'm a sweater. I'm willing to to make. I will that sleep in Kevlar if that's going to take. Send me my vest. Do you not understand what that's like? Do you not understand what it's like? Imagine, imagine, imagine the mentality of a black person who would go directly into city hall, dead center, knowing what the police are knowing what the police represent and they are willing to go into that dead center and protest that is a person literally saying i am willing to give my life yes. to protest for something better i know that because i know that. i am much more likely to be on the receiving end of violence right now and guess what if that saves my brothers and sisters fine if mm -hmm. that helps with the cause fine mm -hmm. door uh, floyd wasn't asking for that shit, man Floyd wasn't asking. So when we when we go out to protest, we're asking for that shit. When Floyd goes out there, when we're at, we're sitting there saying, no, we want something better. We want something to work. Floyd wanted to go home. He don't want y'all to know his name. He didn't want that. His mama not happy. His girlfriend not happy that y'all know his name. I was telling y'all this before, like one of the most heart-wrenching moments, so a little bit of news. So I will give the audience some context. I don't think that I am like most people out here. I don't have live television. I have a uh, very, uh, very complicated relationship with social media. And so I don't get much of this stuff. I get it in a very tribal way. I get stories from people like Satoyo. I get, I, I, I get them these like this. And so one of the most heart-wrenching stories I got was streaming on The View. And it was Eric Garner, the first I Can't Breathe that we that that hit the news that was a sensation for a week. Mm -hmm. um, Eric Garner's mother said that it ripped her heart out when she heard George Floyd call out mama, that that moment destroyed her. And he and and even remembering her say that moves me because that's what this is about. He had a mama. He had a mama. He's somebody's baby. We know these are human principles. This man don't want y'all knowing his name, putting his name on a sign, putting him on a t-shirt, remembering him like this. You don't want that. Go out with a knee on his neck. Don't be proud of yourself for that. Be ashamed that it's still happening and that it could happen for nine minutes. Be ashamed that that world exists where that officer could signal that he could kneel on this man's neck for nine minutes. That man had a mama and cried for her and other mamas heard the cry. That's what this is about. Stop it. Go home, hurt your family and stop letting our families feel it. Cause y'all don't have the courage to get uncomfortable. Pussies, like this is enough. Other mamas hear his cry. You proud because you know one dude's name for a week? Yeah. So yeah. get into white fragility. Get into it. Study stereotype threat. This is what's happening with your brain when you punk out and you make these mamas feel this pain. Think about how your mother is retiring comfortably. 
maybe with her husband. And think about how a black woman somewhere has probably outlived her husband and some of her sons. And here's that cry. It's not right. Look how comfortable your mama is. She ain't on the news crying for somebody else's baby. Fix it. I promise you this, all these black men and these black women who have died through means of violence through the police or these fucking racist vigilantes about, the last thing they ever wanted in their lives to become a hashtag for the fucking internet. That is the last thing any of them wanted. You're just trying to get by. We're not allowed to get by because of this system that's been in place. And the longer that y'all have gone without recognizing the truth of this, more bodies have piled up and more bodies will pile up. This predates us, this predates myself, this predates Kat. This is so shocking to y'all, but we grew up in this before there were cameras. We were being told about this. The community was telling us this is what they do. And then the media would like you to believe that it was our community that was lying. Think about that. Just think about that. What sense does that make for a community to lie about behavior such as this? When you have no power. Oh, and when you know you're not going to be believed. We like don't we have time to make up stories about cops. We don't have time. We are underwaged, under-resourced. We don't have time and we don't want enmity with cops. We want their protection for when there is actual crime against us. We need their protection. And they believe that they are here to protect you from us. We don't have time to lie about them people. And I do want to make very clear because I don't want people will say, well, you know, that I, I personally believe the system is working as it's intended to. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. So again, you can't, you can't, you can't fix what ain't broken. This is what police are trained to do. Mm -hmm. They have been doing it for over a hundred years. This is, this is how they have come up. This is their culture. This is their history. I don't care about good cops because where are you? Because if you're, because you know what, a good cop is one that probably is one that quits. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they can mm -hmm. no longer stand to see what they are seeing. Mm -hmm. Th that that system is working just as it, it was intended to work. So it's not about humanity. If we're going on a humanity scale, it is inherently flawed. If we are going by the white power structure, capitalist society this is based in, it is that's exactly the way it works. And let us remember that our first, our, our, some of our earliest police forces were established as slave catching brigades. Yep. That's what it's, this system was developed in opposition to our bodies and our freedom. So hopefully this situation and, and, and the Karens running about, which that's a crazy escalation as well. Hopefully it gives you, hopefully it spurns something in you that makes you want to be better than what you were. I genuinely hope so, because the reality of this is, is that um, Blacks will keep fighting, Blacks will keep dying, and things will burn. And before too long, it may be on your doorstep, because there's nowhere else for it to go. You can't push any group of people, regardless of their color. You cannot push them to the precipice. You cannot push them to the edge and expect them to come back at you with witty quips, kumbayas, and memes. They want to, we, like, if, if, if they must, they will jump off of that, they will jump off the cliff so long as they're holding on to you at the same time. 
And here's what's changed. We didn't have in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s access to as much information. So I call your attention back to how you are turning this into minstrelsy. That is the discomfort that you need to feel right now if you're not fighting for actual justice. What's happening now is folks are coming to me with what information they've learned but not processed and integrated enough to go and do the work. And that's an insult to us. You might as well be saying nigga to me. You might as well. So when you're Karening and you joke about Karens, you might as well be saying nigga to me because you're doing it. You're doing it right there. So what we need is more work. You have access to the information. You need to look for action. You need to start training yourselves to take action. This is an ongoing journey. Also get that you are replicating privilege when you recite the stuff and take credit for being a good and courageous person, for sharing stuff with your network, and you never push out against people who disagree with you, or you only push out in the same stupid liberal ways that will never ever work with those people. This is ongoing work. This is not episodic. You are not streaming the revolution. You are living it. It was here. These problems were here before you and you need to make peace with the fact that you are going to die with injustice in the world. It's still going to be there and that means your work will never ever ever be done and trust and believe that anywhere where I have privilege and I clock myself having privilege, I check myself. I challenge myself to find areas where I have privilege so that I can check myself. Don't put me in a position, it's a pandemic, don't put me in a position <laughs> to want to oppress y'all. I'm not trying to do this. Y'all understand how God I'm is. doing the work. Right. You understand how infuriating it is during pandemic where I'm like, I gotta go to a protest. Yeah. No, I can't stay home. I can't stay home because there's going to be information there that I need to consume to take with me going forward that could actually be helpful. God damn it. Like, that's not, that's not a comfortable reality. I want to say, my mama want me to stay home. I got to tell her now that I went to that so she don't see it on the internet and, and rip me a new asshole. But I got to go do this. I got your message while I was on the live stream and I was like, this boy mama told him to be careful. Yep. Boy mama yep. said... Be careful. Your mama worried. My mama worried. Every black person I talk to, they mama worried. I ain't even gonna tell you what my mama said. Because <laughs> <laughs> people said it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. I don't know about that. <laughs> Not with a mama. She laid mm -mm. some bombs on me. She's like, yo, yo I hear die when these, these white people don't give a damn. What's wrong with you? <laughs> That's the reality. That's the reality. My mama was speaking from. This is a woman who, like, honestly, has all the care and love in her heart in the world, and she has given up on y'all. She don't believe in y'all no more because she's seen too much. She's seen your parents. She's seen your grandparents have, have their kids and, and, and see the same trend continue. She's seen your parents have you and see that same trend continue. She don't got no faith in y'all. Every time you choose comfort, you need to imagine that a knee is on a black person's neck and it might be that black person that's right in the room with you. Every time you choose comfort, every time you choose to just let things be easy and get through the moment, that's a knee on a neck. That's what your mama has seen. <laughs> they don't get it is what your mama is saying. You're not safe anywhere. And why wouldn't she be? Even if your mama is delusional, this is part of anxiety science. Why wouldn't your mama be actively triggered and thinking that something could happen to you? Yep. It's out there. 
all mamas are on notice that their babies are in danger. Yep. I, 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 swear, I swear to God, if they if they was doing white bodies like this, imagine what your white mom, what your white mama would say. Your National white mama, shutdown. They, they would all have guns. You see, you see, you see white mamas in Warminster with guns. Okay, you see white bras in Westchester with the, not 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 to to kill deer and shit. And, and, and guess what? If you saw white bodies actually going through that, you best believe there'd be actual change. You best believe there'd be actual reform. But of course, there is not because honestly, it's supposed to happen to us. Now we're supposed to build this bitch up, keep this bitch going, keep this motherfucker somewhat entertaining, somewhat amusing, somewhat insightful while being murdered at the same time. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, you're mm -hmm. gonna prostitute us and kill us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, a, that's some pimp shit. So and check this, I, come from. I have a homework assignment for you listener. And do as you reflect on things, when your skepticism comes up, check out the coverage of the Liberate, the, the, the lockdown states protests. Check out the coverage of those protests. Check out the police presence at those protests where they were threatening government officials and brandishing weapons. And compare that with the coverage of the Black Lives Matter protests following George Floyd's death. Ask yourself real questions about your country, your government and your media and your news sources. Do your homework. Uh, I am, I, I don't, I, well, I do want to make sure that we don't go over the time for this just because um, I, I do believe that we could continue going on, but I do not want the message to lose its impact. Ross, what time, are we, at, are we over 40, 40? We are at 50 minutes right now. I mean, I personally, I think I'm good here and I've said about all that I think needs to be said in this instance, I think if I continue uh, going forward, I'd be spinning my wheels. But I do appreciate the platform that Ross has given us, Hannah, that you guys have both given us. I appreciate this greatly. And for those of you who listen, hey man, you know, if, you're, if your head's in the game to do something different, that would be awesome. If your head is not in the game to do something different, don't worry, I'll know. <laughs> See you.